Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Moscone Milton. Find me on Twitter at Moscomish. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at RayHunt84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on in that number podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 228 and a midweek special for you, a quick midweek one, uh, but not the most happiest of shows. But a second defeat in seven days, this time against an inform whole city side who ended our 11 game home winning streak with a 2-1 win at St. Mary's on Tuesday night. Uh, with Kevin and Tim unavailable, we've had to draft in another one of our super subs. Tonight is the turn of Tom Pickett from In The Channel. If you remember, we had him back on in November, episode 215, if you want to go back and check that out. It's available, so go do that if you will. And if you did listen, then you'll know that Tom has a blog called In The Channel. Uh, so, Tom, welcome back, mate. Great to have you back, and thanks for the for coming on such short notice. No, no, thank you very much for having me back on. It means that it wasn't wasn't an awful one time show. It wasn't an idea. I've managed to get a second right. appearance. No, you had a positive feedback from that one as well. So uh, all our super subs are doing a good job and not doing that idea. <laughs> Firstly, how is life on the island for you? I heard you've got a new uh, a new recruit on the way. Yeah, so probably in the next month there'll be a a second little lad running around causing chaos in my life as my partner and I are expecting again there's gonna be two of them under two so uh please send your prayers and your thoughts <laughs> mm, 
you know you do have your work cut out for you. <laughs> but I mean, on the plus side, you've, you, you're on your way to building a new football team. So this is it, yeah, my own little five aside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I was I was thinking that maybe you could go for eleven. Oh, not sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how is um how is in the channel anyway? In the channel, is slightly slowed down a little bit. So I was doing maybe two two blogs a week. I slowed down to maybe one one or two a month, primarily just because where this new new arrivals coming in, there's so much going on and so much changing. I didn't want to commit to doing two a week and try to keep that pace up when when the next one's here. Whereas now I kind of just if something bothers me or something that's particularly passionate about, I'll I'll post about. So my most recent one was about after we conceded those six goals in like a game and a half of football. There's a lot of discourse online about, oh, Downs would have fixed it, Downs would have fixed it. Which, you know, we are a better team when Flynn Downs plays, but I wanted to look at were those goals down specific things? So stuff like that is more try- what I'm trying to write about now rather than try and like get out as much as I can in, in a week sort of thing. Quality, definitely over quantity. Actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say, and I, yeah, that interesting piece you did, I did read that actually with the absence of Flynn Downs and, you know, shipping three goals against Huddersfield as soon as he pretty much left the pitch and, you know, six goals in those two games. I did read that. I found it really quite interesting because you had your um, pitches as well uh, to illustrate your 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 thoughts and you said about Will Smallbone as well was mentioned quite a lot in the um <laughs> in the build up to all those goals so not not just uh Flynn Downs no I, I realized as I was writing that I was writing Smallbone's name down more and more but okay. I guess it's kind of because he became that six so like he was de facto Downs and because the goals went in you have to think oh well is it Smallbone's ability as a six which I think most Saints fans are in agreement with that's he's probably more of an eight than a six definitely but yeah if he ends up in that position then he's kind of got to be looked at. So I felt mm. bad writing it towards Phil Smallbone, <laughs> if I'm honest, because I didn't mean any any malcontent towards him. <laughs> Actually, you know, I've, I've uncovered something else here, but yeah, <laughs> I get it. But yeah, I mean, we, we shipped another two goals without Flynn Um This time, we didn't have enough to stage a comeback from uh, two down at halftime. And not only did we lose this impressive home streak of 11, but we did find ourselves slipping down a table as a consequence. Game in hand is now gone. We're down to fourth. Uh, with Leicester, Leeds and Ipswich, well, we've all played 33 now, so it, it it just doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, you go 22 league games undefeated and you're still not in those automatic promotion spots. It's just how mad the championship is this season. I think I saw a stat, and I'm re- ready to be corrected, but like out of the current top four, they'd be first or second in like five of the last seven seasons or something. Yeah, you're not wrong, like that. Yeah. So like any other year, we'd be running away with the league, but just because of how strong all three relegated sides with like have been and Ipswich. It's just a crazy league. Yeah, and you think that Ipswich are two leagues apart from us last season and the way that they've come up. And they, they did have a bit of a dip a couple of weeks ago. They were slipping, but now they're picking it back up again. And you think, right, they're, they're there for the long haul now. They're not going to you know, have, have a, a, a bad spell as, as long as we thought. So it really does boil down to these last, what, 13 league games that we've got left. Everything is crucial. You know, you've you got to take it one game at a time. I know that. Millwall on Saturday. It, it, every game now has become a must because you, you just don't feel. I know you're not supposed to look at any of the other teams, but you, you can't help it. You just think when they keep winning, you cannot afford to lose. It bizarrely feels like it's not enough for us to do our own thing. We do need the odd favour to go our way. So that's like, I don't know if you're watching the scores come in after you left St Mary's last night, but how it unfolded at Portman Road with Rotherham getting mm. like a 93rd minute penalty to equalise. And then Amari Hutchinson scoring in 96th minute pitch to win. You're seeing that and you're like, that's just not, the dice aren't falling the right way at this particular point. But what I wanted to ask you actually is how important do you think Leicester, Leeds and Ipswich, all away fixtures are now? Because obviously I think we have to get some points in those games. What do you reckon? 
that's that's it, isn't it? That's the key. I mean, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Those reversed fixtures are going to be key. And I know we've already played all three of them at St. Mary's. And obviously we got beat by by Leicester and Ipswich. Brilliant result against Leeds. But they, they just seem a, a, in a different a different level now. Uh, I don't fancy us. I mean, can you just imagine going to Allen Road last game of the season? And, you know, the winner takes that automatic promotion spot. I, I don't fancy that at all. I think we can do a job against Ipswich at Portman Road. I, fa- I quite fancy us to take that. Because you know, right, when you're going up against these teams, this is it. You, can, you have to treat every single one of those like a cup final. You take care of business in these in these matches, like like I said, we've got Milne uh, on Saturday. Take, you have to take care of business against them first. But, oh my goodness, that Leicester game and that Leeds game is looking so, so crucial. And I, I bizarrely feel more confident about Leicester than I do Ipswich, mm. purely because Borough have done the double over them. And I was I was watching like how how Borough did it. I saw a Borough fan account, and they went to play three centre backs against Leicester, which not many teams do. And we did that against West Brom with the build up play. Mm, we had Stevens yeah. on the ball. We did, yeah, how, yeah. And but that's how Borough did it. So I wondered if maybe that's what we'll implement then. Again, this game is in March, but I just wondered if it's something that we might see play out. It's definitely worth looking at. You know, we're fourth now. We have to go and take three points against them. You can't have anything. Other than that, to cut, you know, to catch up now, what we two points behind it switch now. I think it depends on your mentality. I think you can look at the Leicester game and go, well, if we lose to Leicester and let them run away with the league, because there's a whole different conversation to be had about sure, who do we yeah. want to win Friday night about Leeds versus Leicester. Is mm. it better to rain Leicester in? Is it better to let them run away? So if you're of the mindset of let them run away, you could lose to Leicester, and it's you know, it is what it is kind of mentality. But I do think one of them needs to be a win. I, I don't think Russell Martin's got that mentality, though, has he? I don't think he's he's going to go into any of these games saying, well, we can afford to lose this one. We can afford to get a draw. Oh, here. no, no, he, he wouldn't at all. But I mean, like, from a sort of managing expectations mm. level as a fan, <laughs> like when yeah. we do our predictions in the Discord, if there's people going for a Leicester win, that's probably with a mindset of uh, let them take the title and we'll battle that for second. It's definitely going to be interesting looking at that as well, uh, the, the, the predictions coming up. You'll be able to spot the pessimist from the optimist, I'll tell you. <laughs> Goodness me, yeah. So, yes, if you are uh, enjoying the show, then please uh, show your support uh, by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Price of a coffee will be really, really appreciated. Um, and if you want to join our free Discord and get involved with us, the game chats, predictions, uh, just the general chat amongst the, all the welcoming Saints fans that are on there, please get in touch through our various means of communication and we'll get you in. And also, Tom, um, you're going to be putting um, out regular questions on the Discord now as well to uh, help us chew over during our, our new segments. Um, so, yeah, if you want to be included in all that and uh, get mentions on the show and, and read out, then, yeah, get in on that Discord. We're not going to do a news segment today, Tom, because I say it was um, <laughs> we've only had a couple of days since our last show. So aside from this whole game, there's not really a lot to, 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 to discuss. But you did put a question out on the Discord this week uh, regarding Aseku Mara. Uh, your thoughts on him this season and, and you know, where, where he what, what sort of role he's getting. And I said to you that he kind of like he, he is getting the recognition now he's getting more minutes so it seems that the fans are giving him well he's giving him his own chant <laughs> uh the, the the goals are coming i mean do you think back when he signed at the start of last season so that was what july 2022 and he's played under four managers already because i was thinking to myself has he been mismanaged is he not getting enough minutes but actually looking back on it uh ralph jones sayas and now martin they are giving him minutes they are giving him the time I mean, last season he played 30 games. 
uh, but with only nine starts. And he had two goals with three assists. And under Russell Martin, he's had 25 games so far, seven starts, and he's got six goals already this season. So he's had two less starts under Martin, but more than double the amount of goals. So the production is coming and he's getting he's getting his time. I think the fans are getting off his back a little bit more now the production is coming along. Yeah, I completely agree. As a, as a striker, you're primarily going to be looked at by, by your output, aren't you? And last season, in a season where you go down, if you're the sort of really the sole striking option we've brought in, you're going to be looked at in a harsher light. And I think it's fair to say he was mismanaged last season, particularly by Ruben Sellers, because we were crying out for a goal scorer. And towards the back end of the season, we were starting with like the 4-2-2-2, with mm-hmm. the front two being Alcaraz and Walcott, neither of whom are recognised strikers, really. So you've got to worry about why is Mara being, being put down a pecking order. But if Thierry Henry, a Premier League great, is going to pick you for the France under-21s, there's got to be something about you. And I think we're starting to see that now with Russell Martin. I, you know, I never thought that he was being mismanaged by, by any of them. I thought he was getting his time, but not necessarily starts. He was getting like, you know, 10 minutes off the bench, which isn't going to help anyone, especially in the position that we were in last season, where we were largely losing games when he came on. And, it's, and uh, you know, some of the comments that we had on our Discord, it says um, he's slowly developing and getting better. Still not an Ings replacement, but, you know, he can be one for the future. And let's, let's not you know forget that he's only 21. He's still really young. He's, he's just seems like he's, he seems like he's been here a lot longer than the two seasons as well. Uh, Kevin McGee added, I'm happy enough with him. He's a good squad player, scored a few goals. I'd like to see him get a few more. Is it a confidence thing with him, Tom? Because yeah, since the start of the year, Martin has, has upped his production. He, he seems more happy on the field. And if you look at that Watford replay at home, he was special in that second half. And that second goal was, was some hit. And I, I just think that there's a comfort zone with him. You know, if we do have an injury up top and Mara has to come in, I'd like there to be more optimism to see him in that starting eleven. I think he's such an instinctive sort of striker. If you look at the goals that he's scored, like if you look at Man City in the League Cup, going go really far back with here. Oh, yeah. Here, right? um, that was like on the half volley, first time, swept it in. Look at the goals against Watford. He didn't have time to think. And again, the goal against Huddersfield, the ones make it fall. In, oh, uh, the, in the, the swivel fight. when he, he turns. Yeah, the swivel. Again, yeah, yeah. that's an instinctive just striker gets ball, shoots. That's when he's at his best, I think. And he's only at his instinctive best when he's confident. Right, I think we saw him sort of dilly-dally on the ball, like trying to get in the best shooting position. And often that would lead to him not getting a shot off. But when he's just, you know, headstrong, shoots, that's when he's at his best. So I, I think that's when... Yeah, that's got to be down to confidence, surely. Because if you're a confident striker, you're just shooting on sight because you trust your ability to get the ball in the net. Last season, OK, so he had a total of 555 minutes for two goals. Uh, this season, his minutes are down, actually, right now. But, you know, 13 league games left to play. So he's got more goals. that They are coming. But <laughs> amazingly, he's had the same amount of shots in both seasons. But um, only, last season, only four shots on target with a percentage of 23%. Whereas this season, he's up to 53%. So, yeah, more goals, more shots, more shots on target. But against Hull, and then this, this game just gone, he only had 11 touches. It was taken off at half time. And it seems if we're not playing well, then he's not. And if we're in a, on, you know, on, a, on a rampage, then you fancy him. He's not exactly a game changer just yet, is he? I mean, he's not going to come off the bench in, in a difficult position and turn things around like a, like a Ryan Fraser or a David Brooks. It was slightly disappointing, yeah, that his performance in the whole whole first half yesterday. Because against West Brom, he didn't get that goal output, but you could see his hold-up play was there. So he's collecting a driven pass in from the centre-back, laying it sideways to Charles or Armstrong. You could see his involvement in the game. 
I think the whole game wasn't the right game to play him in. I've really respected Martin for keeping with him after a strong performance, but I just don't think it was the right side for him to play against just yet in his development. Because as you say, he's not going to, he's not an Ings in terms of going to conjure, conjure something up out of nothing. He's not a Lambert where he's the target you can hit. He kind of needs to be in the right positions and in the right, sadly, mood. And just wasn't there mm. for him last night. But then again, you know, Shea being injured, he was just coming back into the team. What what, what else could you have done? Yeah, you, know, you, you wouldn't play him over a fit Shea Adams. No, at any not state. at all at this point. No. no. Okay, so uh, yeah, more more Discord questions. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply come up um, but a wonderful bit of news this week uh, was calvin davis the new eastley manager uh, i love that i mean he took over on is it monday night yeah he's, he's it's only a short-term deal uh, but if things go well then i mean well who knows and he's joined by uh, danny butterfield who will act as his assistant but he started very well yesterday so he signed monday night uh, go away to oxford city on tuesday night and you come away with a 5-2 win um, yeah, five new up after the hour. So easy, this management malarkey, isn't it? Yeah, why do Ruben's tell us make it look so hard? <laughs> no! <laughs> such, a, such a lovely guy, such a great servant to, to our club. And I think it's great that he's gone to Eastleigh in terms of... Because there is that sort of tenuous link between Eastleigh and, and Southampton just because of the sheer geography of the two the two places. Lots of Saints fans, like perhaps you do it yourself, like so when Southampton are at home, you go with your season ticket and if Saints are away, Eastleigh at home, you pop down to watch Eastleigh. So I yeah. think it's, it's good from that that sort of Hampshire altogether mentality, if you will. Um, yeah, I, I, and absolutely. I find it yeah. quite funny, actually. I don't know if you remember, um, but when I was on the pod last time, we were uh, talking about the Bristol City game, the, the home one, and I accidentally said Liam Manning was from Oxford City, not Oxford United. So the fact that we're talking about an Oxford City match on my only second appearance on a pod means that maybe I should start an Oxford City podcast. I don't know wow. what you think. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that was, I had to, yeah, I corrected you on that. I do remember that, actually, because you said Oxford uh, Oxford City. Yeah, I do remember that. Wow. Well remembered. Yeah, don't do my bit for Oxford City. Yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't do an Oxford City podcast. It can be nothing but trouble, trust me. But yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you lose five two at home to Eastley. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Also, do you have time for a quick quiz question? On there is an actually ex Saints defender still at Eastley. Do you know yeah, who it that's is? That's Aaron Martin, isn't he? He's the captain. Indeed, indeed yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boys' network. Yeah, actually, I took Tim to to uh, uh, Silver Lake when he was here a couple of weeks ago. I thought you liked him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was nice. Uh, 
But yeah, uh, we have some uh, some positive news uh, on uh, Juan Larios. Remember him? Uh, yeah, it's just a horrible rehab time for him. You know, he's had setback after setback. He's been back in training and he's been back out again. Uh, but apparently he is back. Um, he's in the building, as they say. Um, so he will be training very soon. Um, and there is a chance, actually, that we could see him return before the season's end. So that's that's a great bit of news for him. And that left back position is... um. We don't have a backup, do we? Well, it's the thing. It depends if you look at Megoma or not. Because I was actually going to ask you, with Laros coming back in, has the sort of unexpected rise of Megoma kind of made it harder for him to, to get himself in the squad? Because not only Megoma's looked good in the, the two Watford encounters, but James Bree obviously deputised there when Manning was suspended. So I think left-back, bizarrely, has all of a sudden got four four names you can throw in the ring. I don't, I don't class James Bree as a left-back. I think he's just been shoehorned there because he's had to. Um I still put him as a backup to, to Kai Walker-Peters. But, yeah, Magoma, um, great. And I said on the Discord, actually, that I wouldn't mind if he started a few games instead of Manning because I think defensively he's been he's been a treat. He's done everything that he's um asked to do. He looks really good. But I think, I don't know, him and Larios, it's going to be quite interesting between the two of them, isn't it? And I don't know if any of them are going to be playing any minutes for the under-21s. Maybe Larios definitely will. But, uh it will be interesting to see if they can, uh, you know, especially if we don't go up and we lose uh, Ryan Manning, perhaps, then, you know, those two are going to be battling it out for that number one left back spot. Yeah, very true. But say, for example, we do we do go up, Manning stays as, as first choice left back. Do you think one of them would have to go out on loan for, for development I think, issues? I think they would. I think I think Magoma would probably have to go out on loan. I think Larios, although we don't know what Larios, we don't know if Russell Martin likes Larios because we haven't had the chance to, to see him. So I don't know. But I think before Larios was injured, we've seen we saw a bit of him in the first team. So I think the whole fact that he's, you know, that Man City background as well, I think he'll get the he'll get the start over Magoma at the moment. But I mean, that could change. Yeah, very, very, very true. He was part of that Man City quartet and he's the only one that hasn't really sort of caught fire. So obviously, Bazunu's number one now. Mm. Adozi's one of our hottest wingers. Lavia, obviously, sadly gone. And just Larios is the, the forgotten Charles, man. Of the Shea <laughs> Charles as well. Yeah, I was just talking about the July 2022 oh. when we bought, bought the four in. Yes, of course. That yeah. time. But yes, of course, and, and Shea Charles as well. We actually yeah. do have a Man City five aside then. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lavia wants to come back and <laughs> do something for charity. Yeah. Tom, we'll go straight into this, into this whole City game then. From Tuesday night. Uh, looking for a 10th consecutive home win in the league. 12, if you include Warsaw and Watford in the FA Cup. Uh, first time we've had a run like that since 2011. But more importantly, you know, take this game in hand and keep the pressure on Leicester. But it was just a very poor first half performance. It saw us lose two goals again. Uh, we just couldn't scrape back. And as a result, like I said, we slipped to fourth. Uh, Joe Rebo off the bench with that. <laughs> it turned out to be a consolation goal in the end, but at, at the point it was there was still a chance that we could have got back into the game. And I, when it, when the, I have to admit, when they put up six minutes of stoppage time, I thought we were going to get a get a two two draw out of this. The way that we were playing and the way that whole took off, they took off a midfielder and brought a defender on. They were you know backs to the wall. I thought Saints can do this, you know. But uh, yeah, it turned out to be a consolation. Um, but the the starters, Tom, three changes from that West Brom win. Uh, Manning, Rothwell, Nadozi all back in. Stevens, Charles and Fraser dropped to the bench. Still no Flynn Downs, but Shea back on the bench. Were you happy with that 11? Initially, yeah, I wasn't too disheartened by it. I probably would have preferred to see Shea Charles in because, as we haven't chatted at the very start of this show about a traditional number six, it's Downs or Charles to me. One of them kind of needs to be in just for that 
defensive solidity. I know Charles has had a couple of sloppy passing, but his ability to read the passing lanes, he's still top-notch at. So I thought maybe you might have seen him instead of Rothwell. But overall, I thought that's a team that should should be all right. Hmm. Yeah, so did I. Um, but yeah, it was just another slow and dogged start, wasn't it? I mean, I, I will say one thing. Liam Rossini had a clear game plan, and uh, he, he set it out, and it worked just perfectly. But yeah, we did a whole were excellent. They, they were, and I don't think there's enough that's being made out of that, to be honest. It's just all doom and gloom because we've been beat and we had a really, really slow start. But whole oh, defensively, and they were catching us all the time. I thought they were excellent, and I knew, uh, you know, it was a clear game plan that worked for him. Um, but we did have an early chance. Uh, Joe Rothwell, Smallbone wins the ball up high from a, from from the press, and it falls to Rothwell, and he couldn't take full advantage of it. But yeah, he probably should have scored that. No, I completely agree. If you actually like, if you watched the match. That first chance was almost a carbon copy of Hull's second goal in terms of press up high, get yeah. the ball, one touch, and then shot. And if that if that chance goes in, you got to say completely, completely different game. Yeah, I, I do think that could have changed the game, but they got the first goal. Of course, it was Anas Zarari. Uh, it was a filigene shot. It was parried into the path of Zarari. Uh, easy finish. But yeah, caught on the counter, which seemed to be a... Uh, the uh, the main thing that uh, that Hull were catching us on, but um, poor goalkeeper from Bazunu or just poor, you know, spacing letting them get through us. I think it started way before Bazunu, if I'm honest. No. So as the ball's played sort of down the the left channel, I remember talking to my partner. And I was like, why is why is no one putting pressure on the ball here? And there didn't seem to be pressure on the ball at any point, really, which was just quite bizarre. And then obviously, to be fair, Bazunu probably could have put it more out of the danger zone, but. If you're not going to put pressure on the ball, you're just inviting pressure onto yourself. And I think with Huddersfield, it was slightly different because they they were exploiting space outside of our fullbacks. And this was in the, the piece that I wrote in terms of their first goal. They switched it from right to left and then one pass later, left to right. And where we shuffled, there was just that space left. Whereas this whole one, it was all relatively direct, like down sort of the central sort of mm. central left. And then they just worked their way across without any pressure. And surely at some point, and maybe this is where Downs could have been useful last night, is he would have just clipped someone, you know, give away the free kick, you reset. It was cynical one, yeah. Yeah, the best kind. <laughs> mm, yeah. But yeah, not not a good parry, um, not a good way to spend your uh, your 22nd birthday as well for uh, Gavin Bazunu, So, um, But there was just no no cutting edge with the ball, and Hull looked dangerous on the counter, as you've just mentioned. Like, Philogene was getting on the ball a lot. I mean, I can see why. Uh, using his pace, a scary, scary player. That guy, he's he's going to be, he's going to be a good player. Um, they picked him up for five million as well. Know, That's going to be a lot more on the way out the door than it was on the left. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, he's going to be, a, he's going to be a top, top talent. Um, and Irma had a chance as well, created from another counter attack. So they were getting lots of, they were getting the ball, lots of Villagine and lots of using his pace. I say lots of counter attacking, and they were creating a lot of chances. Seems to have a lot of space. But yeah, you'd think like after going a goal down that you'd have to be, you know, more, you'd have to show that more intensity. But it just seemed to slow down again. And that, that was a concern. Yeah, it really was. I, thought, I know we're not going to change our style of play for, for one goal. Russell Martin said that before. But what I think we expect now is if we're not going to change our style of play, at least let's change up the intensity. Let's get battling a bit harder and run a bit harder. But that yeah. just didn't seem to materialise. I don't know what you thought. Well, I mean, just, no, it didn't. It was exactly. And I thought, one one goal would give us a kick up the ass. They tighten things up, stop the you know the counter attack, and just have more more of a go at them. The the, the second goal was sort of what 36th minute from uh, Fabio Carvalho. This this was dreadful. This is the downside to to Martin Ball, isn't it? Um, mistake in possession. 
hole pressed high, walked into a trap. And again, another easy finish for them. And Joe Rothwell just like ran out of space, didn't know what he was doing. And yeah, easy finish for Cavalier. I don't think we ran into them. We ran into ourselves. Doesn't I think Rockwell collides with Bednarak and yeah. <laughs> the ball just spews out to uh, to Philogene, who just lays it slightly forward to Carvalho, and then yeah, two 0 And you look around, going, God, we need another not miracle, but certainly another Joe Rockwell moment. Yeah, and it didn't uh, it didn't look like it was coming to be honest. I mean, you, you thought you know maybe we could pull them back against Huddersfield, but you you two 0 down to Hull. That that they're a much better side than Huddersfield and playing like it as well. And, you know, it could have been more because they were cutting through us with speed at will and Zorori had a hat full of chances. I mean, they were saying on, on the comms that he could have had a hat trick. Um, more counter-attacks and it just big, big trouble. And and still, <laughs> there was slow build-up. Uh, Bazunu's distribution was bad. Now, I want to talk about that as well because every single time that we, we were trying to play out from the back, we seemed to be pressed. And every time Bazunu kicked the ball out, it just went out of play all the time. And it was like, what What are they doing now? It looked like we were trying to beat the press from a goalkeeping point of view, but the defence wasn't acknowledging that that was the, <laughs> the change. So there seemed to be this huge gap between sort of Mara and Adam Armstrong and then the players behind them. And occasionally a dozy was being picked out and, you know, maybe slightly too long, slightly too short. But there just seemed to be a huge disconnect between being the team at that point. Yeah, it's just what are we doing right now? Nobody seems to know or everyone's got different opinions of what we're doing. Um, but there was a decision that I really want to talk about um, that wasn't picked up enough, I don't think, in the in the highlights and in the, in the in the game was the handball in the box. Uh, Part of this. <laughs> first half <laughs> stoppage time. EFL refereeing. At its yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, THB supposedly pushing coil, but there's minimal contact, really minimal. Um, and the defender, I just said it on the Discord, that the defender will always get the benefit of the doubt there. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, like, when a cross comes into the box, there's natural jostling of, like, trying to get yourself mm. best position. And Harbellis does have an arm sort of cocked to get his best positioning. And apparently a sniper in St. Mary's took out that whole <laughs> defender because he just went down, arms up in the air, flailing. And if he had jumped for it normally without flailing his arms, he probably would have just headed it clearly. But because he properly threw himself... And committed to the bit. That's where the handball came from. I think a sterner ref would have seen that he's tried to buy this. And in doing that, it's just clattered his hand. That should have been a penalty. It's a big risk to take, though, isn't it, as a defender? You feel a little bit of contact and you're thinking, I'm going to go down. Uh, but if I don't get this right, I'm either going to give a goal away or a penalty. Um, but it worked for them. It's, and, I, yeah, I just don't think that enough was made of that. And I think that could have... That got a goal there, you know, you're going in the break at 2-1 down. Coming out second half, revitalise. It could have, it could have done us the world of good. It's you almost know. the like flip of the West Brom incident with Jack Stevens, where we got away oh, with yeah. one there and we didn't get one there. And this is the annoying counter argument to VAR: is it balances itself? Out I hate it. The season, and <laughs> this is where it's balanced itself out at the worst possible time. Where we could have done with a penalty kick with like 30 seconds of the first half to go. Instead, there's a time waiting opportunity for them to see out the first half at two 0 Yeah. Yeah, I hate I hate that. Oh, it balances it out. It's just it shouldn't it should ever be it should never be like that. But yeah, you're right. Um, terrible first half. You just couldn't get things going at all. Um, whole winning so many balls back in our area as well before we had any time to develop anything. And I said it at the start of this as well. Whole give them credit because they they pressed well, they countered at will, and they defended well as, as well. And I was interested to see the stats at half time because I thought, oh, this is going to be one of those games where. You know, Hull are going to dominate the shots, are going to 
possibly we're going to be down on possession as well. And that was the case. We had 51% possession in that first half. Uh, that is quite low for us. Well, I don't remember it. You know, I don't remember a lower one than that from a first half. Um, three shots to their 11 and um, one shot on target to their four. So completely dominate the game. Deserved to be 2-0 up. No, it's one of the, I'd like to say one of those first halves, but given the Huddersfield, it's now one of two first halves. But it's just not <laughs> not gone our way at all. Is it a whole playing the perfect game that we want to play? They, they were possession, passes, counter, speed, intent. And they had pretty much the same possession, as I say, but more than double the shots. More passes, more more importantly, two goals as well. That, and it probably could have been more. To be fair, it probably could have been. Um, it definitely should have been. Should have been more to Hull. And when you consider how empty their away end was, those fans mm. that tracked down from Hull, they saw they saw a hell of a first half show. <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent from them. Yeah, Martin shuffled his deck. Three subs at the half. Not sure we've seen him do that. I can't think. Maybe you can correct me. I can't think of a time that we've done that. He's definitely uh, done double changes, but I don't think he's done triple no. half half. So Adams, Aribo, and Brooks all on. Uh, for Rothwell, whose error, of course, led to the second goal. Adam Armstrong off and Mara, who was very... Well, Adam Armstrong and Mara were very, very quiet. As I mentioned as well, only 11 touches for Mara. Uh, not great, but it was better instantly. And Brooks' movement is vital in our build-up. And we just seemed to be... I don't know. We did we did seem quite revitalised. We were pressing a lot quicker. Um, and it seemed to be... It seemed to be... Something was, was coming, I thought. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I really, really like the changes that, that Russell White made at halftime because there's been a stick to beat him with has been that he's loyal to certain players. I like the Jack Stevens thing where he played against Norwich where he probably didn't need to. He ended up shoving Carl Walker Peters far too far forward. Mm. But to take Adam Armstrong off, the guy that you made captain in lieu of Jack Stevens and has been scoring all these goals, it took a lot of a lot of bollocks, if you don't mind me saying on this podcast. To... Say, you can say whatever the fuck you want on this podcast. <laughs> well, I took a lot of bollocks to take on Adam Armstrong at halftime in a home game. So I, I did admire that and it shows that he knew that he'd possibly got his selection wrong. Which is good to see. Like you don't want your manager to get your selection wrong, but you know it's good to see that they're reacting to it. His his substitutions recently have been excellent. Everything that he's made, it seems to be paying off because he's got. He said he doesn't have a very big squad, but the players that we've got, there always seems to be a strong bench. You always feel like, oh, we've got Fraser to come on, we've got Brooks to come on, we've got we've got Rebo that can come on, we've got Shay Adams that can come on. You've got all these bench players or potentially you know, starters. So we have got a really, really strong bench and everything that he's doing right now uh, in terms of substitution seem to be 
you know, right, right on the money. And we did see uh, before the hour as well, we saw a fourth change and Ryan Fraser come on for a dozy. I, I probably expected that one at halftime, if I'm being completely honest. I just think out of the, the three attackers, a dozy was the one that was looking likely to do yeah. something. And the other two really weren't. So I got a dozy staying on for a little bit longer, purely because out of the three attackers, he was at least an outlet. Whereas Mara and Adam Armstrong, sadly, it just wasn't their day. No, just right, right out of sorts. But um, getting more success still, I thought. I mean, Adams and Manning had like half chances. Brooks had one at, at the end of a goal mouth scramble as well. It just went over the top of the bar. So we were were having it. And Tom, was there any part of you that thought, you know, we weren't, we we, we were going to get back into this game. We were going to make it, you know, really really tough ten minutes or so. Or did you feel like, no, this is two 0 It's not going to be our day. One of the great joys since Russell Martin has taken over our club is that I never feel like we're out of it. Like, just because of, basically, just look at the history, like the amount of late goals we've scored and how strong we are with players off the bench. Yeah, like, no one's leaving now. St. Mary's early. No one's been doing that at well, all. No one, no one's smart. I, yeah. I saw on their coverage, there were a few that left at like 71. And I thought, unless why we're getting in the, the last train somewhere, why have you done that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to, back to my point. I, I felt that something could happen, and particularly the intensity Joe Aribo. God, I never thought I'd say intensity and Joe Aribo in the same sentence. <laughs> but what he brought in that second half was there was effort. It was that was a man who's annoyed he didn't win the Afcon, and he's battling. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it did come. 88th minute Aribo um, had to work incredibly hard for it, but it did make for an interesting, interesting ends there. Um, but then, we, of course, we nearly let a third one in because Villagin had a chance, but it was blocked by, um, I think it was Howard Bellis, actually, who got, got in the way and uh, and blocked it. But then we get the six minutes added on time, and I'm thinking, rubbing my hands together, I like this. We're going at them. They're bringing the defender on. They're they're they're, they're worried. They're panicking. They're, they're tired as well. They're leggy. They, they, they look like they're going to break. And I thought, we've got plenty of time. Let's do this. They went all out defensive. I think it was Philogene actually that came off. Um, and yeah, a pressure was, was applied. And I love these moments in the game when you're chasing it because you feel like at any moment it can happen. And we've done it a lot of times this season. Um, but it just didn't come off. I think another couple more minutes and maybe we would have got something. Yeah, we, we kept going to the end. And that's something you can't, can't fault the players for. And like you say, because we've done it so many times, you're at least going, oh, come on, there's a chance, there's a chance. Even Preston away, what we send Bazunu up for a corner late on, it yeah. goes in the net. So there's just that constant sense of it could happen, it could happen. And it is truly the hope that kills, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, it certainly is. But yeah, another frustrating result, really. It just it didn't have enough. And spirited second half, but the damage was done in that first half. But uh, Hull defended brilliantly in that second half as well, because as I say, they were tired. They held us off, and just think if that Rothwell chance had gone in at nil-nil, then it would have been different. And if that penalty had gone in just before the half, would have been different as well. Um, but Joe Rothwell, <laughs> so after the highs from Huddersfield, and with quite possibly the goal of the season, Tuesday's efforts were not really up there. Uh, seems to be going backwards and forwards with him, and I mean, he should have, he should have given us the lead, uh, caught in possession for for whole second, came off uh, for a rebo at half time, and by contrast, I mean he made the difference because you said he was the intensity that he brought. I guess he was asked to do a different role though because at the break compared to a start, but a rebo led on every single stat over Rothwell. He had the you know the three tackles to Rothwell's naught. He had more shots, passes, touches, carries. Not one of Rothwell's better performances, but um. 
I don't know. Is he still struggling, do you think, to uh, to come to terms with this style of play? I think we've got to Joe Rothwell to go the long way around. Charlie Alcaraz may be in Shireen, but the hot and cold nature of the player has re-embodied itself in Joe Rothwell. Because there's moments where I watch him in a system, I'm like, yeah, you're you're involved, you're fluid, you know exactly what you're doing. And there's other moments where, like, he, obviously with the goal, he ran into to Bednarak. And I'm like, are you familiar with the concept <laughs> of what we're doing here? But I don't know. I think possibly he's ended up playing more minutes than we imagined he would, if that makes sense. Oh. He's, I, he was brought in, obviously, as a midfield option. Downs mm. being injured has obviously kept him out of is there three, three games now. Yeah. Yeah, and so obviously you'd assume that Downs will start over Rothwell if we have a fully fit squad. So perhaps maybe he's just had more minutes than anticipated and it's just highlighted that he's not at, this, at the same level as, as a Downs, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope, hopefully that... He, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike him at all. I think he's a good player. I think he can work, but I just think with... My, with I'm not saying he cost us this, 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 this game because he didn't, but there was just certain things that he, he wasn't doing that, yeah like running into Bednarik's not not the best of things to do but yeah um and if you look at the the stats at the end of the game 68% possession to their 32 so we did pick it up in that second half uh, 16 shots to their 14 overtook them on that both had four shots on target our xg was 1.7 to their 1.2 so does suggest that we probably you know oh, I don't know would 2-2 have been a fair result I think based on the fact that football is a game of two halves and both sides would have had two good halves, yes, a draw would have been fair. In terms of how poor the first half was, I think it would have been very fortunate of us to have taken a point yesterday. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think our first half was definitely worse than their second half. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> um, Russell Martin said that the first half was rubbish. <laughs> the sec- second half was very good, but that doesn't matter very much when you're 2-0 down. No one cares if you play well in the second half when you aren't good in the first and are behind. Hull were good, but we knew that from the first game. Their goal is something we worked on in training yesterday, as we've seen them do it a lot. So to allow allow that to happen is absolute nonsense. Uh, last week's defeat was down to a lack of aggression. This week was down to a lack of courage. The two things you need is courage and aggression. Seen that he said that quite a lot this season. Um, courage and aggression on, a, on on different times that we've lost, but but yeah, um, that must be frustrating for a manager when you know you, you implement the plan, you know exactly what Hull are going to do, and it, they just do exactly what you worked on, and it doesn't work. It's it must be frustrating as a manager. Oh, oh definitely. Because Martin is the sort of manager that holds a grudge. I don't know if you remember how much he's <laughs> yeah. referenced that that Rotherham game yeah. since then. So part of me wonders if we were to end up down the playoff route and ended up with Hull. I'd actually feel quite confident just because if you look at how we blew Rotherham away, because he was so uptight about the draw against them at home, would this piss him off to that same extent that he'd have sleepless nights just to one-up Liam Senior? Oh, my God, that that is a very good point. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I take that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, man of the match for you. I'll let you go first. Uh, this is really going to annoy Tim, but I'm because he only played 45 minutes. Well, you know how at the time was, but I'm going to have to go at Rebo. You can't not, right? But, well, you can't not give it to a person. You you can't give it to anybody in that first half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, there has to be someone from that second half, and, and the subs made the difference. So, yeah, <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. But uh, from uh, from anyone in that first half, like you say, but uh, we, we, the game changed when we brought them on. So Joe Rebo, he's looking good in his, you know, both games that he's come back. Uh, do you? Since, does he start Saturday? Yes, he does for me, yeah. What else can he do? 
I mean, he's come on. Yeah. He had 40, <laughs> fully, he had 40, fully agree. He had 45 minutes uh, yesterday. I think he had about an hour, a half an hour against West Brom. Uh, both, he's come on both times and he's been brilliant. Um, he got the goal. But I, for me, I'm going to I'm going to go different. I mean, I, I probably would have gone a Rebo if, if you hadn't said him, but I'm going to go David Brooks because I thought I think he has to start as well. And I think he makes things happen. So I just think he moves all over the place. Uh, he must be an absolute fucking nightmare to, de- to defend <laughs> against. You don't know where he's going to pop up. Um, his runs are so, so good. And I just think if, if David Brooks had played 90 minutes yesterday, 90 minutes of that, we would have won the game. Well, maybe not one, but we would have come no, away I with think something. Brooks is a, is a great shout as well. And it poses the question that, I, that I'm going to give to you now. Your front three against Millwall. <laughs> if you're having Brooks play, I'm assuming, wide right, what's yep. your other two? Well, I, I happen to like what Adozi's done since he's come back from injury, but I don't think he was great there. I do like Ryan Fraser as well. <sighs> Can you? You can't drop. You can't drop Adam. Uh, Adam Armstrong. I, I, I would play Adam Armstrong. Well, half time. <laughs> yeah, I meant yeah, but his goals and his input this yeah. whole season, I think from the start, you probably can't. Yeah. I, I would probably play uh, Adam Armstrong as the number nine through the middle. I'd play Brooks wide right, and I'd play Fraser wide left. There you go, Russell Martin. Take notes. Mm. <laughs> Very hard spoken. I don't think we've seen enough from Suleimana since he's been back from injury either. I don't think he's done enough to give give himself a shout. Not even over a dozy. So I agree about Brooks on the the wide right. I'd probably go Adam Armstrong again, just for what we're saying about like he's got so many goals and assists that if you need to pull him, that's fine. You pull him from the game, but you need to have your strongest offense player playing. And then wide left. Oh, I'm probably going to go a dozy just because I quite like the way that he can beat a man a bit more than Fraser is. Fraser's quite direct, like he runs mm. straight line, will go past the player, but not with trickery. Whereas I like that a dozy can kind of like, you know, fake shot here, fake cross there and get around his man. It's a very good point. Um, and I, I do like Fraser as a, as a super sub. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm. Uh, I think he's, he comes on and makes a difference off the bench, but no. I, I think I'd still go with Fraser because I just think he's, yeah. We will have a difference between our two lineups. We can't have the same. <laughs> same yeah. One. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that table situation. As I say, we've gone down to to, to fourth and thirty three games played, one twenty, drawn seven, and lost six. Now, um, sixty four points down to fourth. Uh, even on games now, though. So like you mentioned, like these fixtures are going to be so important. Important the reverse fixtures. Um, but yeah, before we let you go, uh, I know on the Discord you've given your prediction for Millwall, uh, but. For the benefit of our listeners, what's going to happen on Saturday? What you know? What's your prediction? What What do you hope to see in the starting lineup? Um, and what What's your What's your score prediction? Oh God, put me on the spot here. I've completely forgotten what my score prediction is because the way that we do two game weeks, like two matches in a week, in between me and my partner, is we pick one each and we go for it. And Millwall was what Georgia has selected, and I, she's either gone three 0 or three one. Yeah, so three one. I think Millwall is struggling at the moment. And yeah. our quality's got to come through. And if we give the players that have earned their starts in Aribo and Brooke 
uh, Rebo and Brooks. I just see us having too much quality. If we can get a nice early goal, I feel confident. I actually see it being bizarrely a bit of a carbon copy of... Do you remember Birmingham City at home? Mm-hmm. Where we won 3-1, went 2-0 yeah, we... up, let in a bit of a sloppy one, but scored with it five minutes ago, sort of killed a tie. I see it being similar to that, to be honest. Go 2-0 up, sort of cruise. Silly mistake, because we know we've, sadly, we know we've got one of them in us. Absolutely uh, a 2-0 up. And then, yeah, I think we'll nab a third later on. Excellent. Let's hope that goes. So that means it's going to be a Zion Fleming hat trick and we lose 3-0 then. Um, but yes. Oh, <laughs> um, so that, that's about it for the, this midweek show. Uh, we'll, we'll have more after that Millwall game and let's say we're hit previews and everything else that we do. Uh, so for now, uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, exactly. For being being an you're being as as impactful as, as a Joe Rebo, um, so it's yeah. Too kind. <laughs> and again for the short notice, and I hope to have you back very very soon. So yeah, happy to come back whenever you need me. Excellent, and we look forward to your next Discord question and your uh, social media. Um, so <laughs> until next time, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Podcast Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.